Welcome everyone, we're about to begin Be'ezes Hashem, BPM number 58, that's Bayez Pnimi, Shir for Men, Shir number 58. We spoke about how the Sheva Brachis is not just for that time in marriage, but it is a blueprint for the rest of life. And in the Bracha of Asher Yotzer, Esa Adam B'Tzalmai, that he created, Hashem created man in his image, B'Tzalmai Mustav in the image of the likeness of his form, and created an everlasting structure for himself. creator of man. So it talks about in the previous bracha how Hashem created the male and female aspects. This bracha talks about how Chava was came from Adam Arishain and separated and ultimately reuniting with other Marishin and building a binyan adayad. It reminds us how a chassan and kala have the same soul journey and each soul is split in two, one half in the woman, the other half in the man. One feels like a chatzi adam, half a person fractured, lost, but we're brought back together. Yaitzara adam means singular, a unity a unity that comes from, from the plurality, a oneness that comes in marriage by being together as one, by having children and a family as one, binyan adayad forever and ever. And Hashem created each person with a longing for sexual intimacy and of wanting to come together. As we said many times, the actual feeling of it it comes from Hashem, not from human beings. And no matter how warped the hashkaf is on the outside, that doesn't change. It's meant to be channeled between a husband and wife in marriage the right way. And halacha puts intimacy, physical intimacy, as a main nakuda in a marriage. And with a main nakuda of a husband pleasuring his wife. If sexual pleasure would not have value in and of itself, Hashem would not have created the cloideris. It's an organ in a human body by the female, by a wife. The sole function of it is to provide pleasure. And those rishoyim, idiots, cruel people, in some of the Muslim um, culture, not all, but some, they cut it out of the woman. They remove it so that they shouldn't enjoy it and only men should the warped hashkafa that they have. Hashem created it. You know, so everyone, you say the word cloyerous, it's dirty, it's filthy. It's not. Hashem created it just like He created everything else in the world. And if He created it in a human being and in a woman that has an ashama, a basisrol, a tsenua, then it's there for a reason. And it's an achrayis on the man to do everything he can to stimulate his wife, sexually. Our physical intimacy, yes, this pruervu, it's a tremendous mitzvah. And what is greater than that, bringing down in the Shama, you actually are participating as a bayre with the bayre. It's a fascinating concept. Hashem is saying, I'm a bayre. In a certain sense, I'm letting you create too. You're creating a soul. I'm allowing you with your 
holy action to bring a soul into this world. So Pruvu is a tremendous, tremendous purpose of intimacy. And that is, you both Shutfim in this child. We talk about how intimacy itself during conception is, is has an impact on the child and so on and so forth. It's a it's a conduit to bring neshama into the world. So 100%, that is a real, holy, and healthy aspect of intimacy. But, at the same time, there is a separate mitzvah of aina, a separate mitzvah of the physical intimacy in and of itself, separate from having children. And that is so important. Regardless, it is halacha to only think of one's own life and no one else. It is important to focus mentally on the holiness of this aspect of being together, whether it's for the mitzvah of aina, whether it's for the mitzvah of pruvu, whether it's for the mitzvah of both. And this is a very important thing. It's brought down in halacha. The first thing is the woman, woman coming out of the mikvah. She should think of and see something that's holy and kadosh. To have elevated thoughts after going to the mikvah. Husband, truth is, wherever he is, should also have elevated thoughts when he knows it's leil tefillah and prepare himself mentally to have a karasatayv ta'kadosh baruch that you're in a loving relationship and to be a conduit to make it even more loving for the schos of ultimately being mekai in the mitzvah, whether pruavu or aina or both, and to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Now, often, I'm just going to make a, uh, mention a concept that this intimacy often could be enhanced the emotional and spiritual connecting with the physical by studying and learning with each other. Now, just to make a disclaimer here, for many couples, the learning together creates a beautiful connection. But as when we were learning Rabbi Sian Schaefer's book, he himself felt, and there were others also that, that in their experience with their wives, that it's a little bit... Um, there's some tension because it's sort of like a teacher-student type of connection sometimes or whatever it is, and they're not comfortable learning together. So each one, you know, you get your own adracha, you try your own things out, but if you can, it's, it, it, it could create a deep bond of an elevated type of life together and enhancing all types of intimacies, including physical intimacy. The idea also that even though the Shulchan Aruch mentions that the best time for Aina is in the middle of the night, when things are quiet and calm, where there's less distraction. In those days, often families lived in one room, so there was a halachic uh, practical reason they had to wait for their children and other members of the household to be really sleeping for the couple to engage in intimacy quietly. In Kabbalah, there's a it's brought down that it's it's better after Chatzais. Um, but remember this, though, is that you can't be from on someone else's cheshben, 
and delaying intimacy till chatzai, so whenever, if that's going to cause the one of you or the both of you to be too tired or to be unable to focus properly, then it's not a reason to wait till after chatzai. You're worried about that? You speak to a Mayre Hayra, whoever you want to speak to. Look at the Pelayoyets in the Erech of Zivig, talks about this. And very often it could backfire. It could backfire because if someone wants to wait always till Chatzais, it leads to an unhealthy hyper focus on sexuality. And it could have the reverse effect. That's a very important insight in general. You know, you put your wife 30 feet behind you when you're walking, you can end up with a zaina right in front of your face if you take it to an extreme. So it's very important to ask, not put chumris on your own cheshbin, on, on your wife's cheshbin. Like this is an example of it. The Indian of, if you learn Kabbalah and you'll say, oh, I'm only going to have relations after chatzais. But again, if it reaches Shalom Bayis, if it creates a certain tension and tiredness and so on, then you don't do that. And then that's the right time, even before Chatzais, or whenever it is when uh, the wife feels most comfortable having physical intimacy. It's brought down that Friday night, Leil Shabbos, is a special time to enjoy physical intimacy. It's Oynik Shabbos. There's a remez that the Shamru, B'nai Yisrael Es HaShabbos, B'nai Yisrael Es HaShabbos, the first letters form the words Bia, which is a halachic term of sexual intercourse. It's brought down in the Rush, in Baba Kama. And um, so you see here, Shabbos, that's part of Oynik Shabbos, includes also delicious food, buying, having beautiful clothing, clean, you know, clean home in honor of the Shabbos, and so on. And Kabbalah explains that the intimacy enjoyed by Shabbos mirrors the way there is a yichud of how the Shechina is united. And this is a, what we're, a husband and wife down here is creating that union and brings the Shechina in its Shlemus up, up, up above. So there's a special, that's a special time. Again, you have to use your, what they call, fifth Shulchan Aruch. If there's a situation where your wife is utterly exhausted and you're utterly exhausted, then, you know, you, you decide what we feel is wise. Maybe rest or sleep before. Whatever it is. But it is a special time for a married couple. Oynik Shabbos, Leil Shabbos. The next bracha of the Sheva bracha is again all these brachas pertaining to the rest of your lives together. Make the barren one rejoice and be happy with when she gathers her children with her in joy, with joy. They gladden Zion with her children. So this is a concept of an echad as opposed to Yochid. This is what it's explaining. What I'm going to say here is a real tremendous Yisoy that the Maral talks about, others talk about. That there's two types of unity. There is something called Yochid, which is aloneness, when it's clear that it's only one, that you're alone, and that's, that's a complete oneness. 
And then there's something even greater. It seems lower, but it's actually greater. Echad means a oneness that comes from a diverse factors in your life. The joys, the challenges, the kadosh, the chayil, all are one, a unity, and you weave it together as one life. That echad is even a higher level. The oneness of Hashem in the Sefer, in Das Tfunas of the Ramchal and Derech Hashem of the Ramchal emphasizes that oneness of Hashem is uniquely accentuated by the fact that through the oneness of Hashem comes so many vast diversity, so many briyas, so many creations, animal life, mineral life, vegetative life, human beings, different climates, different types of people, different colors, different range, spiritual, physical, all coming from the one of Hashem. That enhances the, the oneness of it. So it's very important to understand that, that that is the authentic union of a ish and a isha in their diverse differences to create a oneness in their lives. It's important also that every couple has the ability to bring the shechina down, not to be perfectionists and expect perfection, not to be overcritical, not of yourself, not of your spouse, that if you're kind and you're not worried about what it looks like to others, we just have to try our best, we don't have to be perfect, and avoida of this sort begins at home, and avoida of this sort begins in the bedroom, using it the right way, channeling it the right way. Shlaim HaMelech says in Shir Hashirim, my loving bride is like a locked garden. So it's a locked garden, but when you get married, you open that door of that garden. You open that door, and you enjoy the garden to its fullest. We explained many, many times before that the wall the gate around a beautiful garden, yes, it's a protection. It's a shmira to make sure no unhealthy things come from the outside inside to damage it. That's one of its great purposes. But another great purpose is is to enjoy what is within the wall when you're allowed to and encouraged to go in that wall, through the wall or in in the door. So when a husband and wife goes into the garden, locks it so that others shouldn't go, shouldn't come in. And it's the two of them enjoying that garden. That is the tachlis of all those gedarim. To enjoy it. That's why it's so important when people are learning Hilchas Nida and so on and so forth. It's tremendously important. The archakais, the, 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 the keeping the halachis properly. But we sometimes lose sight of what's the tachlis of all this. The tachlis of all these archakais and gedarim are not separation it's for their ultimate union together. That's the tachlis. And we have to always remember that. So the idea is the garden of marriage, like any garden, beautiful flowers, different colors, all falling as one. And that is so important to re- recognize that we all want to have a harmonious home. It's built within us. And we need to have respect for one another and love for one another and an honesty with one another, especially in the areas of the bedroom, which we will go into detail, but the concept is like this. To experience true oneness, 
in the physical realm, in the sexual realm, there needs to be a healthy, loving respect for one another. And when you protect boundaries, people don't, many people don't like to hear the word boundaries, don't like to hear the word gedder, right? You think, oh, I have a garden, now you're telling me I have to put a big wall around it, I can't go in, da-da-da. And it's, it's, it's sort of stifling your, your freedom. But we know, you don't put that garden, that, that, that wall around the garden, the animals will come in and trample it, thieves will come in and pluck out the flowers or the fruits, it'll be a disaster. And when there is that wall, and then you go in when you're protected, it's the most beautiful thing in the world, and you can enjoy tremendously. Same thing with physical intimacy in the bedroom and the connection between a husband and wife. They, in many ways, in the bedroom, could express themselves freely and openly, uninhibited, in a beautiful way, in an exciting way. But if it's totally borderless, it wreaks havoc. It's not just a from concept, so and so, quote unquote, with a with a extra kedusha. It is healthy for every human being. This is true for non-religious. This is true for non-Jews. Where when they are sexual in a responsible way, it's the most pleasurable way. People don't think along those lines. They think that when you try to put responsibility into sex sexual aspects, it decreases your pleasure. But the reverse is true. If you do it the right way, it increases tenfold its pleasure because it's like a laser beam that till now the light was spread all over the place, but now it's laser being zoomed in in a healthy way at the right time, at the right place, with tremendous power and tremendous joy. As we will explain, but as a Sashem in the upcoming Shiurim. Bracha and Atzalacha.